Colossians 1, 9 through 11. And so, from the day we heard, we have not ceased to pray for you, asking that you may be filled with the knowledge of His will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding, so as to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to Him, bearing fruit in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God, being strengthened with all power according to His glorious might for all endurance and patience with joy. The grass withers and the flower fades. The Word of God is forever. Thanks be to God. Amen. Paul begins uh, this passage where he's echoing uh, from verse 4 here in Colossians. Verse 4 there he says, Since we heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and of the love that you have for all the saints because of the hope laid up for you in heaven, of this you have heard before in the word of truth, the gospel. And he says there in verse 4 that they've heard of this reality, that they've seized upon the truth of God. And now he says in verses 9 and following that ever since that, not only have they not stopped giving thanks for this, but he says now they haven't stopped giving prayers on behalf of the Colossians. And now did you notice what it is that he is praying for them? He says this in the second part of verse 9, this is the prayer he's praying for them. He's asking that you, being the Colossians, that you may be filled with the knowledge of His will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding. When Paul is praying for the Christians in Colossae, he is not praying for their wealth. He's not praying for their comfortability. He's not even praying that they wouldn't be persecuted. What he is praying for, above all else, he says, is that they would grow in their knowledge of God's will and all spiritual wisdom and understanding. Now here's the question for you. Why is he praying that? Don't they already have knowledge of God's will? They've become Christians. They've believed. They have knowledge of God's will. And yet, what Paul prays here is that they may be filled with knowledge of God's will in all wisdom and understanding. He's praying that that knowledge that they already have, he uses the word filling, that it would fill them. That is, that it would pervade their entire being. That they would be suffused with the knowledge of God. That it would go into every recess and every corner of their lives. And that it would inform everything about them. This is interesting because what's happening in Colossae is that there are heretics in Colossae. It's, uh, it's the beginnings of what eventually would be called Gnosticism. That is, that there was some greater knowledge that needed to be uncovered, that needed to be received. And so you have these heretics in Colossae that are preaching to these Colossian Christians that they need to have a greater knowledge. They need to have some understanding that they don't have. 
And so here comes Paul writing to the Colossians and he's saying, listen, you do need a greater knowledge, but it's not a different knowledge. It's not what these Gnostic heretics are peddling. There's not something other that you need. What you need is greater knowledge of what you already have. And that knowledge that you have, you need deeper. That's his argument. It's fascinating, at least to me, I think, that we, I think as evangelicals, we do a good job historically of wanting to see people come to saving faith. We want them to have knowledge. We want them to come into the church. We want to see them saved from the fires of hell and to walk into everlasting life with their Savior you think about Paul in the beginning of the church, it's just beginning to spread and it's going through Asia Minor here and it's hitting Europe and what he prays for is not just that. He doesn't want them simply to be saved. He wants them to grow in their knowledge. He wants them to know more of this God and more of this Christ. It's not sufficient for him that they're just saved. I was thinking uh, on the drive here, I met a, a pastor years ago, and we were having a conversation, and probably in that conversation, a matter of about two hours, he said to me probably a dozen times that he had never been to seminary. And it was a matter of pride for him that he had never been to seminary. Uh, and I remember pressing him in the conversation about that. Why, why is it that you've brought this up now a dozen times? And his pushback to me was, well, I just live with Christ and then I preach Christ. I don't need all of that stuff that seminaries give you. He frowned upon knowledge. He thought that knowledge was somehow a way that would dry up the soul and that that would somehow stymie his relationship with Christ and it would stymie his ministry. I remember fellow seminary students joking about this when we were in seminary, like these brothers are starting and have begun and will continue in. I remember fellow students calling it not seminary, but a cemetery. They would say, this is cemetery. And by that, they had the idea that, look, we're being filled with knowledge and we're just growing in coldness and deadness. But you see, that, that's a lack of understanding. As we grow in our knowledge of Christ, as we grow in our knowledge of God, that is to inform everything. It's to inform our life. It's to inform our heart. It's to inform our actions. And it actually enlivens the Christian life. It gives energy to it. The Christian life is based upon fact. It's based upon knowledge. It's rooted in truth. We don't deny it. There is no benefit to being ignorant in the Christian life. That is not some badge to be worn. Ignorance is not godliness. No, Paul is praying that they would grow in their knowledge and would grow in their understanding. Knowledge is a holy thing. 
But notice something here. Paul is not speaking about bare knowledge. He's speaking about knowledge of God's will, he says, in all spiritual wisdom and understanding. There are two things that he's bringing out here that I think are helpful for us. One, he prays that they would be filled. You notice that's passive. That is that they would be filled. They they are the receiver. They are the vessel. God is the one that fills them with this knowledge. And that's why Paul is going on his knees before God. And he's praying that they would be filled with this knowledge because God must dispense this knowledge. It must be an act of His grace that He pours out upon them so that they grow in this knowledge. Now, it doesn't happen in the abstract. It doesn't happen just kind of mystically out here. No, rather it happens as you and I attend to the means of God's grace. He chooses to use means. And so He grows us in knowledge and right understanding as you and I understand more of His Word, as we come into the path of His Word and as we study His Word and as we apply that Word to our lives. And then we seek to read good theological books that come alongside of the Word and help us to understand more of the Word. We cooperate with that grace. I was encouraged by a brother this morning who said he read his first book he had read in 10 years uh, over Christmas break. And I said to him, a reading Christian is a growing Christian. And he said, yes, I've just come to realize that. And so I read my first book that I read in 10 years. A reading Christian is a growing Christian because we desire to think more after our God and after the things of God. I encourage you that maybe this is a good year that you would commit yourself to reading through the Scriptures if you haven't been doing that. You read through the Bible this year. Something I try and do every year. Read through the Bible along with other things. Read through the Bible every year. How about you pick up some theological books and read some that challenge your thinking. Not what I call jello books. Those jello books. Those things that are flimsy and, and they all taste the same. They're better to look at than they are to devour. Don't read jello books. Read books that are good for your soul, that challenge your thinking, that increase your knowledge. Always be reading one book, I tell people. Always be reading one book. That's just, that's just above what you feel like you understand. I'm always reading some book that I feel like, yeah, I understand about 25% or 20% of what he's writing or she's writing. And then you know what? Ten years later, when you look back and you pick that book back up again, all of a sudden now I understand 40% of it, 60% of it. We put our way in the means of of God's grace and in the way of Him dispensing this knowledge, but we simply receive it. So Paul says, he's praying that they would be filled 
This is why we pray always before we preach the Word of God. We pray a prayer of illumination because it doesn't matter unless He does the work. That's why you and I should always pray before we open the Bible in our private devotions and be praying as we're working our way through the Bible in our private devotions. It's because He has to work. He works. Why? Why this? Because as Paul says, it's spiritual wisdom. It's spiritual understanding. It comes from the work of the Spirit. It comes only from above. But notice the second thing that I was thinking about late this afternoon before driving here that he does here. He points out that this knowledge is not a dead-end road. Why would Paul pray this prayer for the Colossian Christians? Why does he want them to be filled with the knowledge of God and all spiritual wisdom and understanding. He says, verse 10, so as to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to Him, bearing fruit in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. This is not knowledge so you win a Bible trivia contest. This is knowledge so that it informs your living. In the Bible, knowing, having knowledge of God, having knowledge of His Word, it is always, always tied to experience. You don't truly know in a biblical sense unless you're living it. You have a cognitive understanding, but you don't know. And so what Paul is praying is that they would know that they would be filled with this knowledge. And what does it look like to be filled with this knowledge? Well, he says to be filled with this knowledge means that you're bearing fruit. That it's evidenced in your life. That it informs your living. Knowledge and action are always interconnected. You see, the problem with those uh, students that were complaining uh, about seminary being a cemetery was that they didn't understand that. That all doctrine is meant to lead to doxology. All theology meant to lead to doxology. Everything that you and I learn is to form within us more and more praise to our God. But it does. That's what it's to do. He says, walking, bearing, increasing. Those are all in the present tense. That means that they're continual. And you'll notice that they all have this idea of progress. He says, bearing fruit in every good work, increasing in the knowledge of God. They're tied together. As you and I bear more fruit, and as we increase in the knowledge of God, it's, they're interconnected. They, I see them as kind of like vines that are intertwined together and they just rise up to the heavens that as I grow in my knowledge of the things of God, my understanding of God, that then informs my walking in light of God and bearing fruit. And that in reverse informs my knowledge of God and my understanding of God. They go together. They're just twisted all up together, the one informing the other. 
So you want to bear more fruit? You grow in your knowledge of God. You want to grow in your knowledge of God? You bear more fruit. They just inform one another. You notice, in light of this morning, that it's a walk, he says. It's a journey. It's a walk. We're pilgrims. It's just a daily struggle of increasing this knowledge, of walking and bearing this fruit. It's just one step in front of the other, and it's just this continual walk, just staying on the path. Slipping off, Psalm 73, turning a deaf ear to God, turning a deaf ear to the world that says, look, there's an easier way, there's an easier route, there's a better way. And we stay on the path that God has revealed by His Word, growing and increasing in our knowledge of Him and allowing that to inform us as we keep going. That's the path. It's all going forward. That's the idea here. You're just continually moving forward as a Christian. Now there are times that you and I will fall. There's times that we will stumble. But there is always just this continual moving forward. David Powison gave one of my favorite illustrations of this uh, before he died years ago. But he said the Christian life is like this. He said it's like a yo-yo. You know, the yo-yo goes up and down. There are highs and there are lows and there is stumbling and there is rising. But he said, it's like a yo-yo that's going up a flight of stairs. The person is walking up a flight of stairs and the yo-yo is going up and down. And so there are these moments where you fall and you feel low and there are these moments where you get high and you feel like, oh, I just was honoring to the Lord, and I was growing in the things of Christ and my knowledge of God, but, but you're always going upstairs. There's always this continual progression. As the Hebrew writer said to us this morning from chapter 11, those that are of the faith, they don't turn back to where they came from. They don't do that. You don't go backwards. It's a continual walking forward. It's a continual walking forwards in the knowledge that you've been filled with. And seeking to have your life conform to it. Bearing fruit in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. But this is what I especially love. Is then we get to that last verse. Because you start to feel the weight and you start to think, oh my goodness. How do I do this? How in the world am I continue to grow in this knowledge? How am I to bear fruit in keeping with this knowledge? How can I bear that weight? And he says this in verse 11. This is part of the prayer. May you be strengthened with all power according to His glorious might for all endurance and patience with joy. You need this greater knowledge. And it comes only by Him. And it comes by Him who has all power. And I'm praying to Him that He would fill you. You see, the Colossian heretics were arguing that something greater was needed. And Paul is saying, yeah, something greater is needed. 
but it's not something different. They were saying that there is something greater that's needed that only we can give to you. And Paul was saying, no, 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 no. There's something greater that's needed and only God can give it to you. And so we pray to God for you. And that allows him to end with those wonderful words, those last couple of words that we do all of this with joy. How could it be anything else? God has given us knowledge of Himself. He has promised to abide with us, to never leave us nor forsake us. He's a God that we can cry out to in prayer and say, fill me more and more with this knowledge. He is the one that conforms us more to the likeness of our Savior so that we have fruit, bearing, bearing fruit in keeping with repentance. It's God that shapes our minds so that we can truly be heavenly minded and allow that to inform our actions as world. He is a God that has given us His Word to steep us in this truth so that we can more understand Him and look more like our Savior. And He does all of this by His magnificent power. All this by His might. Paul is saying we can endure anything with joy because this is our God and this is the God whom we're praying to on your behalf. I encourage you as we seek to live in light of eternity that we do so as people of the Word and that we are seeking more and more to have our minds set upon Christ and the things of God and allow that to inform our living. Let's pray, and then we'll close in song and do some soup together after this little meditation. Our Father, we're thankful that You are sovereign God of all might and all power. We're also a God who gives good gifts, that every good gift comes from above, from You the Father of lights with whom there is no variation or shadow due to change. We pray, along with the Apostle Paul, that You would fill us with all knowledge of You, that You would give us spiritual understanding, that You would help us to walk and to bear fruit according to the knowledge that we have. That we would be a people of truth. That we would truly know it. And that it would saturate our living. That it would pervade our being. That it would inform our living. For Your glory and praise. I thank You for Your Word and thankful for its truth. Bless it to us, we pray. In Christ's name, amen.